the Road to Health Podcast. Backroads. Hi, I'm Mark Sheldon, and this is the Road to Health, Backroads. Today, we're revisiting last year's bonus Juneteenth episode, in which we sat down with guest Anissa Cameron to discuss healthcare in the African-American community. Let's listen. So welcome, everybody, to a special bonus episode of the Road to Health podcast. We are hard at work on our Road to Pride episode, which will be dropping later this month. But today, we have a special treat. Black Council at Blues, Anissa Cameron is with us. And in the spirit of Juneteenth, we're here to talk about the history and challenges of the Black community has faced in relation to healthcare. Anissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark, for having me. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about some of the issues that the uh, the Black community faces in, in relation to healthcare? Absolutely. There are a number of health issues that the Black community faces disproportionately, um, but specifically for today, I will focus on five. Right. Um, number one, I would say that would be heart disease. A 2018 report showed that African-Americans are 30% more likely to die from heart disease than non-Hispanic whites. And that's huge. Mm. The second one, we have diabetes. Again, the numbers show a significant gap with African-American adults being 60% more likely than non-Hispanic white adults to be diagnosed with diabetes by a physician. All right. So number three. Number three, Mark, we have stroke. Annually, one in eight stroke victims in the United States is African-American. And to add, African-Americans are 50% more likely to have a stroke compared to their white adult counterparts. The fourth one is high blood pressure. The United States actually ranks particularly poor here. High blood pressure among African-American people in the United States is among the highest in the world. And lastly, there's a big focus on Black maternal health as well as information about doulas and how that connects with black maternal health. So, Anissa, what can you tell me about what Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island is doing to face these challenges? Great question, Mark. We have recently started to cover doula coverage for our Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island members here, which is not very only important when it comes to making strides towards decreasing the issues that are faced in the Black community in regards to Black maternal health, but it also provides soon-to-be Black mothers with another option beyond just dealing with their maternal medical team exclusively. So with that being said, you know, there's still there still exists a number of reasons why Black people find themselves grappling with the idea of relying on healthcare providers. You know, I, I think that's a, a great transition. Um, there is a, a well-documented history that's led to a kind of mistrust between the Black community and medicine at large. Can, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So I think there are a few things that people, you know, can take from this conversation mm-hmm. right here as far as mistrust. One of them that was a big issue in the Black community with mistrust was the infamous Tuskegee study that was done. So for the individuals that are here who may not be familiar with the Tuskegee study, in 1932, 
there was there was a study conducted by the United States Public Health Service in collaboration with the Tuskegee Institute, where Black males who did and didn't have syphilis were involved in a study to see if a series of different medications would or wouldn't help them. What ultimately happened was the study actually began, like I said, in 1932, and it ran up until 1972. Wow. Right. So about 40 years, probably longer than it was supposed to, I'll say. And within that time frame, the black males, as it was as they were the targets, weren't really getting treated for the disease that they actually had. Mm. For those who did have syphilis, they weren't getting treated for it. So a lot of them were dying. And in some instances, not all, but some instances, consent was never given for the study to be done on them. And another one, Mark, is false notions. So I say the word false notions because an example would be some healthcare providers, not all healthcare providers, are under the impression that if you're Black, your skin may be a little more tougher or you may have a higher pain tolerance than if you're not Black. So basically, you know, it came down to when Black Americans would go to their doctors and um, complain about different pain they were experiencing. Their doctors may not take their pain serious or may not provide them with the best health care that they can provide them with because they don't really believe that what they were complaining about was was actually the case for them. Again, going back to the false notions. So that led a number of Black people to be uncomfortable with dealing with the healthcare community. They didn't trust the information that the providers are providing them because they weren't even listening to them initially. Mm -hmm. So that became very difficult for them. So a lot of Black people definitely get nervous when it pertains to doctors, medicine, vaccines, and just different things that involve the healthcare world. Mm. Now to... To fast forward to COVID, when vaccinations were being developed, a lot of Black people just were against getting vaccinated. And I understood that. They didn't want to. In fact, before the vaccines became available in the United States, 58% of Black Americans said they planned to not get vaccinated. Over half felt uncomfortable about it. There was this notion that, you know, they didn't know what was being put in their body and they didn't know if it was going to help them or hinder them. Again, going back to the Tuskegee study. Mm -hmm. So history matters. It directly influences how the Black community engages healthcare and the vaccine hesitancy and just examples of these uh, implications. So for me personally, I felt hesitant myself. In my mind, you know, the vaccine was developed pretty quick. So I took it upon myself to learn more, educate myself, and then educate my direct community about it to the point that a number of my family members ultimately decided that they would get the vaccine after having conversations with them. So upon doing some further research about different health issues that African-Americans face, I was on the CDC website and I read that African-American adults are less likely to see a doctor due to high costs, lack of accessibility, and a number of different other barriers such as the institutional racism that occurs within Black patients in the healthcare, excuse me, in the health system. I think all of those issues involved with the Black community in the healthcare, you know, can be tough. But I do feel as though we are headed towards a better path to making that experience more positive, especially within our community here at Blue Cross. So, Anissa, 
my understanding of Juneteenth is it's a time to look back and to reflect, but it's also a time to celebrate. And a lot of that celebration takes the form of acknowledging progress. So what progress do we have to celebrate at the intersection of the black community and healthcare? You know, Mark, that's a good question. I would say that some people, when we think about COVID happening, the pandemic happening for us, a lot of people can think about the negative things that came with it because we know there were a number of negative things that came with it. However, I feel like it was able to shine a light on issues within the Black community. And then a lot of that was brought up and really people paid started paying more attention, right? And a lot of different companies, a lot of different organizations, just everybody really wanted to find a way to make it better for the African-American community. I talked about, for example, like with the doulas, a number of non-Black people didn't realize the importance of doulas. But when, you know, we were talking about a lot of just health issues in general that Black people were facing and that didn't have the ability of, of there were barriers getting to them. Now more people coming in and they're helping and et cetera, et cetera, right? So we have the doulas, for example, for us. Um, I know with Blue Cross, we have a connection with different um, health organizations that actually provide, for example, Oak Street Health. Oak Street Health provides transportations for their members, which allows them to be able to see their doctors. They're able to go in if they have any concerns or any issues without worrying, oh, I need to see a doctor, but I also don't have a ride or I don't have a bus fare or anything like that, right? That can get in the way. I know a number of people who will say, I won't go to the doctor because I don't have the money, you know? So Oak Street Health coming in changed that and allowed them to be able to go and get themselves checked out, whether it be for preventative service or anything, any other kind of screenings. Anissa, are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? One thing I just want to say is that I feel as though racial justice, right, it cannot exist if we continue to have barriers to health and wellness for individuals. With Blue Cross stepping up to the plate and just making changes and just recognizing that there are social determinants, you know, of health issues going on, they have the ability to be able to step in and address that, right, and, and address it immediately. And whatever barrier that can be, they, they're stepping in to make sure that that barrier is taken down. So that way they can have healthy members and happy members. Anissa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you for giving us this little bonus. This really is just a little taste of what we have to offer on this particular topic. And uh, I'd love to have you back for a full episode uh, come February for Black History Month. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me here. It was a pleasure to, you know, talk about these issues. And I would absolutely come back to have a further conversation about this in February. The Road to Health is a podcast presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. It's produced and hosted by me, Mark Sheldon, and Mason M is our sound engineer. With additional support from Yasmin Diaz. I'd like to thank our Backroads guest, Anissa Cameron. Be healthy, be well, and keep your eyes on the road.